0: Welcome to the weekly podcast from Harvest Ridge Church in North Ridgeville, Ohio. Our heart's desire is that you would grow in your love and devotion to Jesus Christ and that these messages will strengthen your daily walk. For more information about our church, visit us on the web at www.harvestridge.net. Evening, everyone. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas Eve, Eve. Christmas whatever that is. you know what the day before Christmas Eve is Christmas Adam uh, anyway sorry all right no this is the real joke that one I didn't like very much but I like this one all right what do you get when you make a wreath out of a Christmas wreath out of $100 bills a wreath of Franklin's hey that joke deserves a little R-E-S-P-E-C-T oh y'all, y'all the half here with me today uh, I get to talk to you today. We've been talking the uh, last couple of weeks. We mentioned angels quite a bit. Angels have a lot to do with the Christmas story, and I wanted to have a little fun tonight, and um, I tell you what, we're going we're gonna to look at some of those pictures of angels. These are modern pictures of angels that I found. You know, everywhere in the Bible it says that they were, people were filled with awe and fear. I don't believe anybody's going to be afraid if that shows up, right? And actually, I did a Google search, and these are like some of the top hits. So the next one, I was wondering if anybody uh, th- that that just makes me want to pick up a big hug, you know? That's not an angel I would be afraid of. And then there was this one. I I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what's going on with those two guys. Uh, is that like Laurel and Hardy in their infant stages? I don't know. Um, I, I saw these, and I was wondering if this is what angels is all about. And um, I've been reading a lot about them in this Christmas story. I notice angels everywhere. So I wanted us to read about them. So if you would, would you stand to your feet in honor of God's word? And we're going to read from Luke chapter 2, starting verse 9. It says, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were terrified. I wonder if any of those angel pictures I just showed you would make you terrified. Uh, They were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby, a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. So there was not only one angel, then there wound up being a whole bunch of angels. So... Uh, They're shepherds. Can you imagine shepherds out, Bob, hey, what's going on tonight? Nothing much. Did you bring your lunch? No, I didn't bring mine. We're going to have to go into Chipotle. Oh, it's closed because it's night. Anyway, and they were having their talk back and forth, An angel appears and talks to them, and then all of a sudden all these angels show up, and the shepherds looking around going, wow, this is cool. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace on whom those his favor rest, and when all the angels had left them, because so these guys had been watching this heavenly choir sing, and the angels go away, Bob looked over at Ed and says, "Yo, let's go to Bethlehem. I think we ought to check this out." That was my Gomer Powell voice, and I did not even mean to go there. <laughs> not not bad, Gomer. Yeah, pretty good. Almost as good as your uh, um, yeah, whatever his name was. What was his name? Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart yeah. So if you missed the play, then you missed that. That was, that was good. That was really good. Um, can you imagine, though, the shepherds, like, duh? If, if angels, everyone, I know I said it on Sunday. I'm going to say it again for those of you that weren't here. If you're ever going through a normal day, and an angel appears and talks to you, and then an angel choir starts singing to you, and they tell you that there's something you ought to see, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, you ought to go check that out. Just maybe. Just say it. All right. Jesus, I pray that tonight your word would speak to us and our hearts would be open to you. I pray that you would speak to this Christmas season, that our hearts would be open to the truth and love and life and liberty you give us. In the name of Jesus, we pray it. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, would you turn and smile at somebody? You don't even have to remove your mask to do that. You can they can see through your eyes a big smile. Just give them a big smile. Say Merry Christmas. If you want, give them a smile. All right. Online, here's your big smile Glad to see you guys. All right. So, apparently, the artistic view of angels is a little different than the scriptural presentation. Angels were feared. Every time they show up in the Bible, there was always the first words they said were, don't be afraid. And I've thought about that. And so I want to give a couple options. You know, maybe our view of angels is a misrepresentation of what they look like. Maybe they don't look like cute little babies. Maybe angels really are fearsome warrior-like creatures. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they're normal people, but look like normal people. But maybe, maybe it's the fact that they walked into circumstances where fear was already present. And since fear was already there, their message was, do not fear because fear was already there. You know, uh, things weren't going right. Or maybe, just maybe. They would spent some time in the presence of God, and when they showed up, a presence showed up with them. Um, Angels, though, when they showed up, they had a message to give and this christmas narrative is filled with the story of an angels of angels sharing truth they showed up when elizabeth was going to get pregnant and they spoke to zechariah about elizabeth's pregnancy when she was an old lady they and john the baptist was to be born they delivered the message to mary about jesus being born to a, a virgin, a virgin conception of Jesus. They delivered the message of Christ's birth to the shepherds. See, angels showed up everywhere. And angel stories, actually, angel stories have been around for a while. I, I know our culture went through a preoccupation time period with angels. You know, everybody was putting bumper stickers on their car and stuff. But... Um, I I think there's something to be said. And I I started looking. So what I did was, I knew I was going to talk about angels. So I started looking for stories of people that had experienced angels. And so I went and I I went to more reputable websites. I mean, there's websites you can go to and, and books you can go to that aren't very reputable. And then there are others that have some, they're more reputable. I mean, they're written by people that really aren't weirdo out there freaks. And I ran across a couple of those and I ran across stories and the stories I'm going to relay to you, all of them needed a couple of things. Number one, they needed to not be presented by a weirdo. And number two, they needed real people's names and real places and instances where these things happen. So uh, these are some stories that I picked up and I just wanted to share with you. Maybe angels are still communicating today. Maybe they're still there. Um, And the first one is about a guy named Peter and Eileen. And they were missionaries in Ghana, Africa. And one day, um, Peter, in 1982, Peter was out and a thief in northern Ghana tried to kill him by smashing him with a, a car stand. A car stand. He hit him in the skull. And then he tried to cut through his jugular vein. And then when that didn't work, he broke he whacked him in the face with a bottle and broke it and then sliced him with the bottle. And uh, the the thief somehow got the keys into the compound, and Peter was wandering around the edge of the compound. And between Eileen shutting him out and the thief trying to get in and accidentally locking doors, they couldn't. Peter couldn't get in the compound, and the thief was coming back to Peter after he woke up, and he was coming back to him. And uh, and Peter said, "Let me in, Eileen." She said, "I can't. The door is locked." And she said, at that moment, Peter the fence was about about head high, and Peter got picked up and literally set over the fence in front of her. The missionary story. So there's a lady named Anne Wilson. She writes, I was unexpectedly admitted to the hospital after a routine biopsy went wrong. Doctors came to see her, but it's like in her sick and state and all that, she couldn't understand what they were saying. And then in the middle of the night, in the middle of the night, a doctor showed up and a doctor explained to her what was going on and what she needed to do to get better. Boom, boom, boom in an understandable way. And when he explained that to her, he left. When she asked the next day about the doctor, someone said, there's no doctor like that here, and we don't have that doctor around now. I shared that story with one of our staff members, and they shared a very similar story that happened in their family that sounded a lot like this as well. My mom, my mom, by the way, says that her angel knows how to drive. She was a young girl and um, the circumstances were a long time ago, but she got knocked out at the wheel and woke up a mile, about a mile down the road around the corner and up a hill and her car, the truck she was in, was literally still in the the lane driving down the road. When she got up off the seat, she was a mile down the road and still in the lane she should be. Now... These are stories. You hang around Christians. People have stories like this. I, I'm not here to convince you that these stories are accurate, accurate they're real. I'm not, I'm not here to do that. I'm simply saying that I told you guys for years and years and years, the more I pray, the more coincidences happen. So I may be totally, totally weird, and I I may not have any facts to back it up, but the more I pray, the more coincidences happen in my life about what I prayed about. So I don't know, you can do what you want to. If you're a doubter or a skeptic or whatever, you can be a doubter or a skeptic, but I'm going to continue to pray because the more I pray, the more coincidences just happen to answer the prayers that I've been praying. One more story about a guy. This one, this one, I did a little bit more research on, and uh, I thought it was good enough to share the whole story. The guy's name is Roger Barrett. I believe we got a picture of Roger and his wife. Roger Barrett is a gentleman who had bladder cancer in 2009, and he had bladder cancer, and um, um, they they started treating him for it, but the treatments they were giving was causing infections in him, and the infections were more deadly than the bladder cancer. And then they did a biopsy in early 2010, and the biopsy in 2010 showed that the bladder cancer had spread outside of his bladder, and he was being eaten up. Just literally, it was moving rapidly through his body, and they said, you will not live more than a few years. You're, You're going to die, and there's nothing we can do about it. Well, that was, uh, that was in the middle of 2010, and in 2010, uh, uh, Roger put out his display. 150,000 lights that he put. This is only part, some of the pictures. There were a, a lot of pictures available. 150,000 lights, so big that he used three different meters in different yards and stuff to do all of the displays in those three different electric meters. Um, it totaled up about 750 to $800 a month. To cover the cost of this, well one day, uh, with bladder cancer getting sicker, the the extreme cost of dealing with all of that, and then the cost of running these lights, there was a couple that showed up, and they showed up in a little car, and he was out parking because he had you know refreshments like. Like uh, he would offer hot chocolate and hot dogs to people and he was out talking to people because he was using it as a witness tool and he would show people around the yard and tell them about Jesus. Well his car showed up and a lady got out in a, in a long white coat all the way down to her ankles is how he described her and he said the man with her was in his Sunday best suit. I mean, just sharp dressed. And they walked around the yard. Uh, Roger parked them and they walked around the yard for about two and a half hours as he showed them everything. Toward the end of the trip around the yard, two and a half hours with all the crowd and neighbors and wife and everybody there. At the end of the two and a half hours, uh, Roger uh, began, uh, you know, he was sort of wrapping it up. And the people said, we noticed a lot of Jesus stuff there. And Roger said, here's my door. So he starts telling them about Jesus. And they said, that's really great. But hey Roger how much does this cost you he said about 750 800 dollars and they said that's a lot of money that's a lot of money he said yeah it's a little tight and they, they said oh switch subject again are you sick? Do you have any bad health issues? And he said, yeah, I've got bladder cancer. And they said, would you mind if we prayed for you? And uh, Roger said, sure, you can pray for me. And in his words, his words, he said he didn't know if they touched him or not, but he felt like he was just hanging over the edge with his feet dangling in the air and, and just feet dangling. Anyway, Roger told the story. And, um, and when they left, they said, don't worry about your sickness and don't worry about the bill. It'll be taken care of. And then he went to his wife and he said, those people were really cool. And she said, what people? He said, the people I've been walking with for the past two and a half hours. He said, there was nobody here that matched that description, Roger. There was nobody here like that. They asked his neighbors, there was nobody here. So Roger uh, went to the doctor the next Wednesday to get a biopsy. And his doctor, as soon as he got it, called him first thing in the morning and said, Roger, you sitting down? (laughs) Roger said, yeah, what's up? And he said, All of your cancer is gone. Every bit of it's gone. You ready for this now? When they got their bill, it wasn't $750 or $800. The combined bill of all three meters was $187. And his wife said, dear, we've made a mistake. They must have billed us wrong. And he said, no, no. God told me he would take care of it. Now, I don't know what happened there. I don't know if there's a human being that came and made prayed for him and gave him prophecy i don't i don't know what happened all i know is this is that the more you hang around christian circles the more you're going to hear stories of supernatural even if you will weird things happening so the reason i did this research is because honestly i'm a skeptic and i'm a doubter so when i read the christmas story i'm like really angels showed up to a bunch of shepherds out in the field and started singing Does anybody approach this like me? You don't have to admit it if you do. I'm one of the weird ones. And I ask these questions and I'm like, is this really what happened? And when I hear stories like Rogers and these other stories, I'm reminded once again that we live with and we live in a world that isn't just our three dimensions, We live in a world where there's a God that's greater than the dimensions we can see and touch and feel. And we also live in a world where God still does the supernatural. And I believe that, and I I know that he does. And even when I don't understand and when it seems a little out there, I have to say, you know what? I'm going to believe that it can happen because apparently my mom's angel knows how to drive. And apparently Roger's angel Knows how to pay electric bills and heal people of bladder cancer. Hmm. So, I've not personally investigated these stories. I said, I I, I mean, I, I did read them, but I didn't like go talk to people. But I want to encourage you to do me a favor. Just simply open up your heart to the supernatural message of angels. And that leads me to what is their message? There are three reasons angels showed up at the birth of Jesus. And, and there are some do's and don'ts of angelology, and people make a lot of weird stuff. So I'm going to give you three things you can take to the bank if anybody ever talks to you about angels. These are biblical truths. First one is angels are curious. Um, the Bible says in First Peter chapter 1, That angels are curious. First Peter chapter one, verse ten. Concerning the salvation, the prophets who spoke about the grace that was to come to you searched intently with the greatest care, trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Spirit of Christ was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of the Messiah and the glories that would follow. And then he makes a really cool statement there. He says, Even angels long to look into these things. And that Greek word, look into these things, literally means they want to stoop down and peer into it. They want to stoop down and peer into it. And that reminds me of a story years ago. My daughter, uh, we had a leak in in our bathroom upstairs, and uh, the house we were living in, and I had to fix it, but I couldn't get to it. I had to cut a hole in the floor To get to the problem, to fix it. And when I was cutting the hole in the floor, my little one was standing over there just peering away, and I'm trying to cut and she's in the way and all that kind of stuff. And when I think of angels long to look into it, I think they're sometimes like that little girl that sees something she wants to understand and she's just peering away and getting in the way. And and I wonder if sometimes angels aren't like that too. They want to see what's going on. As a matter of fact, Angels want to understand, but they don't. They want to understand, but they, they can't understand what it's like to be forgiven. You know, angels don't know what it's like to be me and you. They look long to look into this salvation. They don't know what it's like to have the guilt and the shame lifted off of you. They don't know what it's like to have repentance and cleansing and having the joy of Jesus fill your heart. And they watch us go through this, and I'm sure they're like, wow, I wonder what that's like. There's a song that I heard as a kid growing up. It was, there's a song, Heaven's Angels Cannot Sing. I once was lost, but now I'm found. And, you know, angels long to look into it. So angels showed up that night because they wanted to see what was going to happen. Second of all, angels are worshipers. Angels are worshipers. Um, We know, I'll give you three separate texts here, that angels spend their time in the very presence of, of God, in the very real presence of God. Isaiah 6 says, above them were seraphim, each with six wings. Two wings they covered their faces, two they covered their feet, with two they were flying and they were calling to one another, holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. They were worshiping, that's what they did all the time. Psalm 10321: Praise the Lord, all His heavenly hosts, all of the hosts of heaven. It, it is an angel's job to praise the Lord and to worship Him, you servants who do His will. Revelation chapter 5:11. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands, and ten thousand times 10,000. God, God has enough angels. You know, I, I hear people say crazy stuff at funerals like God. Just needed your dad because he needs another angel in heaven no if God wanted another angel in heaven he would make them like he made the others it is an unfortunate thing that sin entered this world and people that we love die but God's not taking them he's not taking them so that he's selfish and he wants them more than you it, it please there's no comfort in that please don't ever say that to anybody <laughs> All right? Um, what, What happened? So if God wants another angel, he doesn't have to take your family member. He can just make another one. He made them all to begin with, right? And he has thousands upon ten thousands and ten thousands, and they encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders and said in a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. What happens is these angels live in the unfiltered presence of God the unfiltered presence of God. So their reaction, if you encounter the unfiltered presence of God, the reaction, the only right action is to worship from your heart and to give God all of your praise. And that's how they live. It's sort of like the person who uh, lives in northeast Ohio. Um, And yesterday something incredible happened. There was this yellow thing up in the sky for a couple of moments. It, it, it was, it, there was this yellow glowing thing up in the sky. Did anybody see the Christmas star? No, you didn't. You live in Northeast Ohio. You saw clouds, right? You saw Lake Erie sunshine right up there. That's what I'm talking about. No, uh, no. Yesterday, that yellow ball came up in the sky and it was really cool, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. But it was covered with a layer of clouds most of the time and it didn't get all the way down. But it, that, that, I went out in it. I got to get some vitamin D, I said, but it was too cold. I couldn't hang out. uh, Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Looking at the sun. But if you're ever on a midsummer day and you're out and that sun is shining with no interruptions and no filter of clouds, I mean, you look up at that sun, and if you look at it, it'll blind you because you're not made to be able to interact with the power of the sun without it cooking your skin or blinding your eyes. Just like you can't handle the sun, so also we can't handle the full manifest presence of God. It was, so when he shows up a little bit, it overwhelms us. Those angels, though, they're able to look intently on all of the glory of God. And you notice what they're made to do. They're made to glorify. God because they get close to him so the closer you get to God the more you'll be like them you will be worshiping hey there's one more thing I want to say about this worship is if anything some I've heard people tell me about their experiences with supernatural beings and if your experience does not lead you to worship God it was not truly an angel from God it's a good filter you know there are false angels right you know that that God is real and mighty and that his angels are real, but there are also demonic spirits that are there to deceive. And an angel will lead you to worship God, but if your encounter doesn't lead you to worship God, then it's from the prince of darkness. And I I just want to give this to you because somebody needs this tonight. Somebody needs this in this room. You are under attack And it may not be the devil attacking you. It might be a force of darkness or or some spiritual power that's going on. And I want to give you an answer on how to win against the forces of darkness. Y'all ready for this? It's in James chapter uh, 4, verse 7. And it says this, James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves then to the Lord, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. A lot of you spend a lot of time resisting the devil, but you don't spend a lot of time submitting to the Lord. If you wanna win, you gotta do both. You gotta submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus. That means He's Lord. He says what you ought you to think what you ought to do and how you ought to do it. And then you resist the devil and he will flee from you. But if you're just resisting your own evil tendencies and the bad things, if you're just fighting against that and there's no submission to God, you will never win. They will overpower you. You will be beaten down. You will lose. But you've got to submit yourself to God first. All right. Thirdly of all, the messenger, angels are messengers. Angels are messengers. Their job is to deliver a message. Angels always deliver messages from God, and these messages will always agree with God's Word because they will agree with the character and nature of God. So if an angel speaks, it will agree with God's Word and what God has revealed Himself to us through the Scriptures. Uh, It's like a voicemail. Has anybody ever left a voicemail before that you wanted to, to, to go back and get back? <laughs> anybody ever done that? You left a voicemail and you're like, oh, no, I shouldn't have done that. Either it was your tone of your voice or the words you said or something like that. It, angels are sort of like voicemail. They deliver what you really mean. They deliver what God really means. They deliver what God really means regardless And I think we need to understand that, that messages from angels will never, ever be confusing. They will always bring glory to God and they will always line up with the scriptures. So let's look at what the message of the angels was. Y'all ready for this? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Now, there are five messages here. There are five parts of this message I wanted us to talk about super duper quick. Number one, do not be afraid. You don't need to be afraid to hear God's message, even if it requires you to change. I, I know people that have lived their entire life afraid that if they ever get close to God, God's going to ask them to do something they don't want to do. And I just want to tell you this, if you are a person that you are afraid of getting close to God because you're afraid he's going to tell you to do something you don't want to do, then you really don't know God. Because if God tells you to do it, it will be the greatest joy you've ever done, no matter how much it costs you. So don't be afraid of the message of God. Don't be afraid of what God says to us. And the second of all, it's good news. Now, this message is good news. And if you don't hear the message of Jesus, you don't hear the message of God's love for you in the Scriptures, you don't hear that as good news, then maybe, just maybe, you're listening with the wrong ears because God's message to you is good news. And if he asks you to change, to repent, to move on, to follow his will, his way, it will be the best thing for you and everybody around you long term. It's good news. It's good news. Thirdly of all, today... God's message is not for tomorrow. You know, when I was a kid, I'm going to wait until after I have sex to get saved. I know nobody ever said that one, right? I'm going to wait until after I do what I want to do before I give my life to Jesus. I said stuff like that. How stupid are we to think that we have to accomplish something before we step into God's fullness? Because God's fullness is better than anything you can imagine. So today is the day. If you say, I'm going to do it someday, you just said, no, God, I'm not going to do it at all. Because a no answer is a no answer. And thirdly, uh, fourthly of all, Savior. You have to realize you need a Savior before you can appreciate the sending of a Savior. I don't care if you're Jew or Gentile or Roman Catholic or Muslim or Buddhist or Protestant or Pentecostal. If you're an atheist or you're just a good person, you need a savior. And if you don't recognize how much you need a savior, then you're not viewing your life honestly, because your life is a mess on your own, and you need Jesus to save you from yourself and from your sins. And last of all, he was a baby. And he came as a baby. <sighs> yeah, like that. Cuz babies cry and babies are they're noisy and they're messy and they stink and they need somebody to take care of them, and he did all of that to show you that he is willing to lay everything on the line to show you how much he loves you. God loves you that much. So, we live in a real reality. The reality we live in is earth, and there's another reality, it's heaven. Sometimes it seems like, through angels, through us, through whatever, it seems like the message can get confused going from one dimension to the other. So I found this story about a little boy, His mom and dad had uh, left their lucrative um, business and had gone to work in a ministry in San Diego on the border working with um, uh, people who were crossing the border who were sick and, and not doing well financially. And this ministry didn't pay them a lot of money and they were financially busted. They had no savings. They had no extra income. They were just trying to make bills. They knew God had directed them there, but... They didn't have any any margin, and it was Christmas time. And their little boy came to him and said, Dad, I want a bike for Christmas. And the dad, knowing he didn't have enough money to buy a bike, said, well, son, we're just going to have to ask God to give you your bike. So why don't we begin asking him for your bike? And I tell you what, why don't we do more than just ask him for your bike? Why don't we get really specific, all the way down to the color? And the little boy began to pray. He said, God, I want a green bike. I want a green bike. I need a green bike, God. Give me a green bike. So the boy, as he continued to pray every night for his green bike, it was the week before Christmas. And uh, a friend called the dad and said, Hey, uh, I found a. A bike that might work for your kid. I don't know what you're planning on doing for Christmas, but I mean, I found this bike for him, and uh, the dad hadn't told the friend about this, and he said, well, what color is it? He said, it's yellow. He said, oh man, I'm not sure that's going to work. And the friend was a little puzzled, because you know, here's a bike the right size, in good shape, very, very good shape, and you're wondering about color, and he said, well, my son's been praying for a green bike, and the bike is yellow. I... I I don't know. Well, go ahead and buy it. We'll give it to him anyway. So they bought the bike. Two days before Christmas, the little boy is walking through a department store with his mom and they walk past the bike rack. And the boy said, that's it, mom. That's the bike I want. And she said, that bike is not green. You've been praying for a green bike. He said, I know, mom. That's the bike I really want. I think God understands that bike is yellow and I really want a yellow bike. Sometimes we think, because we're messed up and goofed up, that God can't communicate, and we will goof it up. But I want to say to you, if your heart is really open to God, if you're really open, His message of life and truth and hope can even reach past your failures. Your lack, your misunderstanding, your confusion. And He can guide you into what you need because what He offers you is better than what you want. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me and I I wanna pray a prayer. In the scriptures, it says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And I'm gonna invite you today to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he was resurrected from the dead. And I'm going to invite you to confess him as Lord. Jesus, I pray right now, if anyone's listening or watching online and they're having this rise up within them, this belief that you are alive and well, and they're believing the good news and the message, I pray that this very moment they would confess you as Lord And their life would be filled with the salvation and the goodness of God. Amen.